Hello, welcome back to the Robert A. Heinlein Book Club. In this episode, I'll be looking at uh, By His Bootstraps by, by Heinlein, um, published under the name Anson McDonald. So this is one of the McDonald stories. Um, it was published originally in Astounding in August 1941, and this is a real doozy of a story. Um, thematically, uh, there, there is some interesting things to say about it. Uh, obviously, if you've never read the story, you, you probably should. This is, I think, one of his greats. It's one of the best that I've read by him up to this point. Um, and it is, uh, I mean, just as a science fiction story, as a time travel story, it's really breaking new ground. If, if you've watched like Futurama um, and been following that, that series when it was on the air, you'll know how heavily... They were influenced by this story, um, especially with the the use of the cryo freezer and time travel and the the Fry character, right? So, especially it's, was it is Bender's big score where they really play with uh, the the time portal thing, and where you have multiple people coexisting at the same time. Sometimes the same person is in the room with three different with himself in three different time periods, right? In, in one place. Um, and then kind of resolving all that. That's the challenge is using time loops to kind of create a, a, a tangle and then write yourself out of that. Um, and obviously that took a lot of planning. So this is a story that Heinlein must have like sat down and like traced where the character is at certain times. It all works. It, it all fits together really well as a time travel story without any apparent paradoxes, except in that the, the question you're kind of left with at the end is like, how did this start that, you know, but, you know, that's that's left as kind of a, a profound question, but that's the only way you can kind of write this, write the circle. It's kind of like a door into summer. Which, which is another Heinlein story I have read. The more I think about it, like I've talked a lot about how I'm kind of a noob to, to Heinlein, and I think that's mostly true. But there are a fair number of stories I've come across over the years. Um, obviously, just a small percentage of the overall work he's, he's gone into. Like, for instance, I never read this one before. But you see, you know, you see parts of this story in Doran the Summer. Um, All You Zombies too, which I confess I haven't read yet, but I've... I've I, I more or less know what happens in that story. So, um, as a time travel story, it's really good. I'll kind of break down the, the big aspects of that um, to a certain degree if you haven't read the story before. Um, the, the larger plot of someone from our time going to the distant future where humanity is in a degraded state and then bringing an earlier technological worldview and from that able to dominate it it's kind of like an inverse version of mark twain's connecticut yankee and king arthur's court right this could have been fleshed out a little bit more if you wanted to have made it into a novel playing with those that aspect of it it's, it's more or less implied but but it is a instead of going back in time to king arthur's court and then someone from our time 
like being able to dominate that society with their technologies and their wisdom and their their perspective and their books and all that it's uh it's someone going to a distant future where humanity is 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 basically passive and subservient so in both these stories you have sort of a superman kind of character who gets put in a setting where they're easily able to dominate things now the difference is in connecticut yankee obviously as i covered in this podcast well in the, the my mainline podcast before um that backtracks that that backfires on our character there and it doesn't really work out for him in the end here it, it it implies that it essentially does that he is able to make himself the dictator, the the dictator of of some future human society thirty thousand years in the future. The only real question is like how did the the time loop that does get resolved at the end get started? That's that's not really explainable. Um, it apparently is a book that seems to have started it, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, the causality thing is is the philosophical aspect of it. That's that that Heinlein's having fun with but as a time loop story I think it holds up pretty well um so basically our character Bob Wilson he's got a hilarious beginning this beginning of the story is really really funny where we got Bob Wilson who is in his like in a studio that he's renting he's writing his thesis and it's due tomorrow and he hasn't even like gotten very far it's like 7,000 words into his thesis and he has to like write this and he's like a some kind of math philosophy guy it, it seems to be a, a philosophy thesis he's trying to write but he's he's kind of a math guy so he'd be like a more of a, a analytical philosopher i suppose a, an anglo-american style philosopher of the time working really with uh, logic and trying to work out logic and he's actually dealing with time travel in a way so i think that might be essentially how this gets started i, I in kind of my mind he almost by working through this thesis, he wills himself to, to be to to be part of this this time loop in some 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 way. But it's that's that's just if you really need a start for it, maybe that's it. And of course, he's working and drinking and trying to put together this thesis before morning when the thesis is due. And I don't know if that how universities worked back then, where um your you're, you're, there was like a standard due date for all theses because that's not my experience in, in graduate school. You know, you just you wrote it when you finished it, then it was reviewed by the professors, and then you you graduated the next available time. Uh, I suppose if you wanted to graduate at a certain date, you had to get your thesis in by a certain date. But in any case, he's working on his thesis, and then a guy walks in. I think this is really fun because. You know, you recognize yourself from pictures in the mirror. Would you recognize yourself if you came in, even with the same clothes? Um, Heinlein here assumes you don't. He even addresses it in the text that um, that he didn't recognize this as him just from the immediate future. Um, now, there's slight differences, like like one hit, like one version has like wounds on his face because he was in a fight and all that, but. You know, I, I think that's an interesting kind of metaphysical question of just like how we recognize yourself. Like when you see a mirror, you realize it's you because you understand how the reflection works. But if you saw yourself walking down the street, like a doppelganger, like a like a like a, like an opposed story, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of buy that it might be. You might say I kind of recognize that person, but don't really understand it. Don't understand who that is. 
um, it's it's nice that Heinlein addresses that that fact that that may take us out of the story a little bit. But he, but he's like, if you really think about it, we're not we don't we're not used to seeing ourselves out and about. Um, but anyways, he comes in and basically he's saying like, we you gotta we gotta he he talks him through the story. He's talking to himself uh, at a different time, saying you gotta come with me into the into this time gate, and of course. Wilson resists. I think he goes by the name of Joe, this guy from the future, his future self. Um, Wilson resists. And then there's a third guy that appears. And he's like, no, don't go. Dictor is just playing with us. Dictor being, you know, like, ultimately it turns out this is another version of Bob Wilson from the much future, from the much more distant future, 10 years into the future, uh, in their timeline, in, in their, like, subjective um, experience but uh, a third guy comes and says well we don't want to be played with him so don't go into the time gate we're going to stop this loop right now um, I don't know how that would have stopped it because then you would have had three Bob Wilsons uh, existing in the same moment but that doesn't happen a fight breaks out and he gets pushed into the time gate and this kind of begins uh, like keeps the loop going so we're following this Bob Wilson's character as he kind of flips through time uh back and forth and you know eventually ends up in the situation where there's like three of them in one confined space at one time um and then just untangling that is what the story eventually has to do for us and Heinlein does it it does it he does it quite well but basically how it works is like then then we meet Dick Dor, who's Bob Wilson from the from the future but he's by this point already begun to dominate the local society. So he's setting this in motion. He's setting the things in motion that's going to allow him to be in the future, to become the dictator, to become the dominant figure in this future world, to be the essentially the king of of a future human society. Uh, he says, "You got to go back and and make sure Bob Wilson is sent through in the first place." So that that's another kind of moment where you can say this is maybe this is where the loop starts. Um, ultimately, there can't be. There's no point where it makes sense to really start the loop um, because there's always going to be something that came before it in, in kind of the subjective linear time. Um, I'm, not, I'm not that good with this stuff, by the way. I, 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 my, my time travel stories come from Star Trek, and, and they're not very consistent with it. I think Heinlein here is trying to lay down some really solid groundwork, groundwork ground rules for time travel, and it seems it works. Um, you know, the technology aside, the technology is just a throwaway. Um, but what's next? Goes back, gets in the fight, meets his other self, sends it to the future. Um, and it's at that point that he realizes that he's being, um, like manipulated by Dictor. And then that leads to the nether going back in time where he, decides to try to stop the loop fails and ultimately he kind of like follows through on the task that Dictor gave him which was like do you have now that you've sent Bob Wilson on the you know you brought me to the future your job now is to go back and collect books that aren't available in the future and um, you know technical books books of philosophy and, and things like that that are going to help him dominate this society basically a shopping list and he goes and gets them, but instead of going back to Dictor's time, he decides to go 10 years earlier. And he's like, well, if 
well, maybe I can become the dictator. I can take over before dictator because he realizes dictator is from the 20th century too, um, based on the way he speaks or something. So he says, if I can get a little bit earlier, I can like get the jump on dictator, become the king, and then after 10 years, he, he it's like, oh wait, I'm dictator, right? Uh, and he's been keeping a journal, and that journal has to. He, like he copies a journal or something. Dictor, uh, he copies a journal and it becomes Dictor's journal, which is really him. It's, it's just uh, there's a question of like who starts the journal. Now I'm kind of losing my place here. That, that's what's fun about the story is is like kind of keeping your place. I actually went through it twice, and um, and I should have took more careful notes for it. But that's okay. I'm just gonna kind of leave it for you to to read and judge whether it works for you or not. Um. Yeah, I thought it would take a little bit longer to kind of talk it through, but I, I think I missed a few plot points here and there. But it's really well laid out. Like, if you just read it in one sitting, it it, it, it kind of all makes sense in your head. You, you come out of the story fairly convinced. I don't know if other people can have nitpicked this or if Heinlein himself have kind of revised it. I, I think it's pretty much following the rules of Dorn to Summer. Um, but I think what really is striking about it is the... The pure circular nature of it that it's very it's not clear where it starts where the where the loop starts at any one point um but two other things i kind of want to say about the story and the first i've already alluded to and that is the idea of someone from our time being able to go into another time and be a like a dominant figure just through the fact that they're from our time Right, that there's something in our time, whether it's the individualism or the kind of a will to power that's been lost in some distant future of humanity. Um, this is not really in the future history series at all, although it's set so far in the future, I don't know why it couldn't be. It, it's set way in the future that some aliens have come by, dominated Earth, and then left Earth, possibly through time travel themselves, because somehow this time travel technology got to earth in the first place and then it's uh and then the humans were left behind in basically this degraded state that they that anyone with like a few brain cells and 20th century like where wherewithal and and and, and gumption and moxie or whatever you want to say uh, like is going to be able to become basically emperor of these 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 people and he's able to do it it reminds me a little bit of the variable man right where it's a little bit different in that story where the variable man in phil dick's story he's he comes from the past to the future and it's through his just ability to like repair things is him being a handyman everyone's so specialized in the future in that story that a handyman from the past is able to like solve the the problem that the people of, of, of that time couldn't um, so that's the variable man story. There's some sense of that here. Obviously that was written about 10 years after this one. But, uh, I also, as I said before, think of Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court, except this one ends much more positively for our character where he does become dictator. He does become the, the, the leader. I do wonder if this influenced the variable man at all. Um, I'm not. You know, obviously, Phil Dick must have been reading Heinlein stories. Um, I haven't talked. I didn't think much because when I did the Philip Dick series, I didn't think about Heinlein at all. 
Um, and Philip Dick doesn't does seem to be the next generation after Heinlein, right? After the Golden Age of Science Fiction, you get this this new wave, which includes Philip Dick. But early Philip Dick writings that were, where you had a lot of stories about the frontier and things like that, where there was a little bit more interest in technology than he would get later on in his career. Uh, you know, was is there Heinlein influences in those those stories? Um, possibly, but I think Variable Man is the most like this in that of, of the Philip Dick stories because it is about someone coming out of time and being a transformative just even disruptive force in some other moment of time um, the last thing I'd like to talk about is one way to read this story is as an elaborate breakup tale um, because uh, Bob Wilson has a girlfriend named Genevieve who he's very annoyed with in fact in an early scene during the early time loops, he, he gets a call from her and he, he talks to her and she's very angry about how short and rude he was to her before. Well, that was a later version of Rob Wilson who basically sabotages the relationship in an earlier call, but it's a later version of, of Bob Wilson. So after this call, Bob Wilson realizes he doesn't want to be with this woman anymore. And this is actually after he met hot women from the future. And so there's a whole kind of subplot about how hot women are in the future. And Dictor doesn't notice it anymore because he's been around them so long. But Bob Wilson, early version of Bob Wilson, is struck by it. He's like, wow, you know, like that, that chick's really hot. And Dictor's like, yeah, I guess she's good looking by your standards. So women are hotter in the future. Which So when he goes back in time to an earlier moment, right? Because he goes back to an earlier moment when he can. So he goes he, back and tries to sabotage the original sending up Bob Wilson. But during that time, he calls Genevieve and he's very rude to her. So he kind of like instigates a breakup between the two, right? And then, of course, as Dictor, when he decides to stay in the future, he ends up with the, the hot woman. He, he gets this new girl. So time travel becomes kind of a mechanism to to break up with his girlfriend. That That's, that's uh, kind of a wild subplot going on here. It's good stuff. Good pervert Heinlein stuff that I that I I like. I haven't gotten much of it lately. It's been, I've been kind of deprived in the last several episodes of any good uh, Heinlein sex scenes or nudism or anything. And and this isn't much, but it's a little bit better. Well, um, I guess with that, that's that's the sum of my my thoughts about by his bootstraps by by Heinlein. I I I just think this is really worth reading. This is a excellent fun story uh where Heinlein is able to take a science fiction idea about time travel and really work with it and I think he's really breaking some new ground and and he's done things that's been influential I mentioned Futurama before but of course there's other this is a version of of science fiction time travel that's been explored in in other media right um so you know, it'd be useful, I think, and I'm sure there's people that have done that to kind of like jot down and, and discuss the various types of time travel. This is a particular type where you have kind of that causality loop, right? Where it's like everything is sort of inevitable because everything is dependent on the thing that happened before it, right? And even if that becomes sort of circular, right, everything is determined by the thing before it. So you end up having to have a, a circular aspect so that you kind of lack free will but you end up with this really mystery of like where it begins and no one point is doesn't make sense to really have it begin because there is a 
pre-existing condition for it. That's a really cool idea. It's done really well in this story. Um, and I think there's a few other interesting aspects to the tale as well that uh, that make it make it kind of fun. Uh, the, the culture of the graduate student trying to graduate, the relationship between Genevieve and, and Bob Wilson, and the whole kind of like someone from our time dominating the future. Those are some of the really cool ideas I think we have here. So um, I guess that's it. Um, I believe the next uh, episode in the Heinlein podcast will look at uh, the Crooked House, the Tesseract House story. Um, I'm not sure how much I'll have to say about it, but it's 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 a fun little 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 tale. If it was a Philip Dick story, I, I, I think I could probably run with it a little bit more than if it's a Heinlein story. I think that's that's like a broad theme. I, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I think. There's a lot, there tends to be more to unpack in Philip K. Dick stories, even when they're dealing with similar things. Like Philip Dick would do something really different with the time travel story we have here. Um, you know, kind of explore more deeper political themes or, or themes of, of humanism and, and all that. And even with like Crooked House, you know, Dick would probably make the tesseract house thing a you know the foundation of a whole system of urban planning and then and then play with that i mean that's that's something i think dick is better at is kind of looking at the systemic critique around of the world around him and heinlein doesn't really want to do that and that i think that does limit that's been my experience so far 20 some episodes 25 episodes or so into this podcast is that you know heinlein's not really branching out at least not yet into all the kind of critical consequences of, of his ideas. He, he kind of limits himself a little bit. Hopefully that changes because I do like talking about that kind of sprawling uh, political and social critique that we get in like in, in Philip Dick's work and even I think in, in Lovecraft's work to a certain degree. But um, yeah, this has been the, like the least of the three uh, read through podcast series i've done here this, this one is coming off as least the least punchy of the three and obviously it's because i'm coming in and it much fresher but you know i also think the texts kind of limit me a little bit sometimes and this is a good example of it like there could have been a lot more with the interactions with the future society perhaps but but highline doesn't want to do that he just wants to set up this this circle this loop uh, this causality loop and it's it, like I said it's done really well here um, it, it's actually quite amazing so I had a lot of fun with it hope you did too if you've read it uh, next time it'll be the the crooked house story so I'll see you then uh, thanks for listening <laughs>